compelled to go back to Exodus 14. I apologize to Exodus 14 and hear what um, God has to say to us this morning. Um, this morning, I'm going to talk about things uncrossable. Things uncrossable. Have you ever seen anything that looked uncrossable? Um, have you ever looked at a bridge? My sister growing up, as you know, um, come from five generations of preachers. That doesn't mean anything. I got acquaintances that came from five generations of heathens and they're killing it for the kingdom. Um, so it's all good. But um, traveling with my daddy and my mom and my grandparents preaching growing up, there was always these bridges that you'd have to cross. And my sister had, older sister had such a fear of bridges. Um, we would almost have to distract her, but we had to remind her that we could not get where we were going if we didn't cross that bridge. Um, we can look at things as uncrossable, things that look like, how can we get across that? How can we get to the other side of that? Um, growing up, there was also an incredible song, and it just came to my spirit yesterday. Some of you will know it. Most of you won't. Um, it's called God Specializes. Um, and it says, have you any rivers that seem uncrossable? Now, I sang this to Christine about 20 times last night. I won't torture you this morning. But have you any mountains? Yeah, there you go, Pastor. That you cannot tunnel through. So what the hymnist is saying, if you got rivers that seem uncrossable, you got things in your life that you wonder, how will I get across that? Um, things that look in your opinion like there's no way to get to the other side could be problems it could be the lack of things it could be your perception of yourself um the hymnist goes on to say and have you any mountains that you can't tunnel through anybody ever experienced a mountain that you don't know how to tunnel through a mountain we, we spoke at hope house a few weeks ago about was one of my favorite sermons of my home zechariah 4 when uh the spirit of the lord instructed uh, the man of God to shout grace at the mountain because he couldn't get something to move. Um, and it says a mountain that you can't tunnel through. We all have something, a mountain we can't tunnel through, something we can't cross, a river that's raging and we think how we get across that. Maybe it's fulfilling our education. It's getting off of addictions. Um, whatever that may be, the hymnist doesn't leave it there. I mean, just it's one thing to present a problem. It's one thing to tell us, I've got a river I can't cross. I've got a mountain I can't tunnel through. Well, go figure. We knew that. But I need somebody to come across with a remedy and tell me there's a way to get across. Come on, somebody. That river, there's a way to get through that mountain. I need somebody to do it besides Spielberg and Peter Jackson and the Jackson and the Hobbit. I need somebody to tell me in the real world, will real things are happening that there's a way to cross what looks uncrossable and the hymnist goes on to say God someone say God specializes ha 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 I love that right there God specializes my doctor specializes my ENT doctor specialized about getting stuff out of my ears and looking down my throat my obstetrician specialized in getting me to push both of my babies out at the last moment preacher specializes in sermons um, you see their architect specializes in building buildings 
educators specialize in educating you. Oh, but when you get into the universe, the one who inhabits all things, who made all things by his power, it says God specializes. Or what does he specialize in? Does he specialize in just healing broken hearts? He does that, but no, not just there. Does he specialize in making a river flow through a mountain? Does he just specialize in one or two things? But no, the hymnist back in the day when penned these words said, no, God specializes. Hold on just a minute. Hold yourself for a moment. Wait for it. Wait for it. God specializes. God specializes mean he has instructed his own self. No one else can fit in this category. He specializes in things. Well, 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 that's good. He specializes in things. Well, I specialize in things. I got things I cook. I've got things I move. I've got things I need to take care of. Anybody else in the room specialize in things? I've got things, yeah, in my life. So he specializes in things. Well, don't leave me hanging, hymnist, on the edge of the cliff. Give me something that'll stick to my bones like chili on a cold night. Give me something that'll be a tall glass of lemonade on a hot desert day. Give me something that'll put some step, some pep in my step, some hope in my jump. Give me something that'll keep me going in the midnight hour when hope seems to be gone. Give me something when I cannot sleep and all I can see is fear and dread. Give me something when the shadows loom in and out of my house. Give me something that God specializes besides things. And so the hymnist speaking out of his or her own experience, the hymnist speaking out of knowledge of the word of Genesis to Revelation says, well, I didn't stop there. You cut me off. You stopped after things. God doesn't just specializes in things. The hymnist says God specializes in things thought impossible. Somebody give God a shout of praise this morning. God specializes in things thought impossible. I can hear my mama singing this from the organ this morning, though her little precious mind might not remember it over there where she is this morning, ministering to people even with Alzheimer's over at Bradley Rehab. Daddy has to pull her behind him a lot of times because she gets stuck talking to the patients because she forgets where she's going to go. But I remember this morning her sitting at an organ and playing this and saying God specializes in things thought impossible and he will do what no other power can do did you hear me this morning and he will do what Oprah can't do and he will do what intervention cannot do and he will do what Dr. Phil cannot do and he will do what Bill Gates cannot do and he will do what the devil could not do on his best day and he will do what a marriage counselor could not do and he will do what an education cannot do. He will do for you what no other power could do. Somebody give God a shout of praise in this house. Things uncrossable. Things uncrossable. God specializes. Really, that's enough right there. I didn't plan to say any of that. I had the words of those songs. Where all that came from was, sir, and that's great. And it, it preached my soul happy. 
and it would be enough for me to go home today that my God specializes in things thought impossible. That's probably why Jeremiah 32 and 17, Jeremiah said, Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and nothing is too difficult for thee. I remember sitting in a service across town while my husband was preaching about 25 years ago. And I remember the Lord speaking to me because I was dragging my feet on us buying this property and that a church would be here. I didn't want to minister in Cleveland. I grew up here. Take me anywhere, Jesus, but don't take me to Cleveland. Take me to California. Take me to Phoenix, God. Take me to Hawaii, please. Take me anywhere. It's didn't, not that I didn't like the climate. I love the climate. I love the change of seasons, but I had grown up here. I knew religion can be in very much embedded in, in cities like this, though there are great spirit-filled people moving across this city. But I remember the Lord getting me in my car with my sleeping daughter, Courtney, pulling up on this dirt over here on this land. And I remember getting out and kneeling in that dirt and the Lord Jesus showed me a vision of himself. And one of the only, one of two times I've ever had this kind of experience in my life. And uh, I was crying. I thought, I don't want to come here. I don't want to be in Cleveland, Lord, please please anywhere but Cleveland I didn't have the heart for for prodigals and drug addicts and hurting people that my husband had I didn't have that kind of heart I thought I wanted to go and be among a, another group of people but sitting there on that dirt kneeling in that dirt I had a vision of the Lord Jesus and I saw him as he began to pull in people from the north and the south and the east and the west from all over this region and he looked down at me so tall and huge while my daughter was sleeping in the car running and me in that dirt and he said I did not come for the whole I came for the scattered. I came for the spotted. I came from those that no one will take. He said, I came for those that no one will accept. If you'll trust me sitting in that dirt, if you'll get in vision with your husband, if you'll stop fighting him and get in line with what I have told him, it is from me and get with the vision. I will draw them in from the four corners of this region and this nation and I will heal them and I will raise them up to be an exceeding great army as the Lord began to say that plain on that stereo all of a sudden was the song we used to sing back in the day. In Him we live and move and have our being. And the chorus of that says, nothing is too difficult for thee. Great and mighty God, great in power, great in wonders. Nothing is too difficult for thee. I'd love to tell you that I acted quite Baptist sitting out there. And that's I got great Baptist friends. That's not a slap. Or just more mild-mannered than my other friends. But I didn't. I began to run around the dirt. If there's still a tread on that property over there it's the tread of a girl who did not want to follow Jesus into the hurting and the scattered but a girl that God accosted and got a hold of and said this is my plan it's not the plan of the man but it's the plan of the Lord God trust me because nothing is too difficult for me and all these years I've seen God cross what is come on somebody uncrossable and do what is impossible and raise up men and women, hundreds of sons and daughters that came in, some as lesbians, some as homosexuals, some as drug addicts, some as adulterers, some as fornicators, some as prostitutes, some as religiously bound, came through that door and came through this door and got raised up and went on. Let me tell you, that thing looked uncrossable to me, but my God specializes in things thought 
impossible. He can do for you what no power can do. Somebody give him another shout of praise. Whatever we are saying today to God that's impossible, God is saying it is absolutely nothing to me. We say it is impossible and God said it is absolutely nothing to me. In Jeremiah 32 and 27, God says, Behold, I am the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? Luke 1 and 37, the angel says to Mary when she says, How can this be that the prophecy would be filled, fulfilled in me when I have not the means and am not the right age, etc., etc.? And the angel said, Cause with God with will be nothing impossible with God. In Luke 18 and 27, one of my favorites that the Holy Spirit spoke to me 29 to 30 years ago when I was over at Walker Street going to Lee and the Lord was trying to heal me and restore my blessed marriage so that we could bring healing to marriages all over the world, fault every way of the way, but being healing anyway. The things impossible with men are always possible with God. The things this morning that seem impossible with man are always possible with God. Give him one more hand clap of praise this morning. In Exodus 14, we've already prayed, Holy Spirit, bless your word. Let us receive and hear. Speak what you will, sir. It's in your hands. Speak what we will. Speak things that I do not say this morning. Speak to the hearers, Lord, the brothers and sisters I have in this room. Encourage them as only you can, Lord. Walk all in and out of this word, whispering as you do, Holy Spirit. We sequester our mind for the next 30 minutes to hear you and to receive from you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. And forgive me if I overestimated or underestimated the time. And uh, verse 15 of 14, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Look at your neighbor and say, Go forward. Go forward. Down to verse 19, And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. Say a lot of moving. A lot of heaven changing earth here. The cloud, and we know this. I'm not going to preach this. I want to get into the thought I have this morning. They're up against the Red Sea. They have been delivered out of Pharaoh's hands. They saw the plagues. They saw God's mighty power, just like you and I. They saw God do some awesome things. But all of a sudden, as we said Wednesday night, let me tag here and move forward. My Wednesday night students, they saw God do so many great and awesome things. But when they got up against something uncrossable, they began to think, come on, Moses. We told you to never take us out of Israel. You're going to let us die here. You're going to let us drown here. Let me tell you something. When we get in front, and something gets in front of us that looks uncrossable. It looks impossible. We don't know how we can cross through that. Let me tell you, sometimes the quickest way through in a problem is through a problem. Look at your neighbor and say, the quickest way over a problem is through a problem. Go through the problem. But we often forget of all the things that he has done in the past. If the children of Israel had just said right here, we know that you are the God who brought the plagues upon Egypt. We saw your mighty hand, most high God, as you did awesome and wonderful things we did not expect. But this looks uncrossable. But we stand here not.
not in fear that it will take us out. If we can do that when we get the bad financial news in the mail, if we can do that when we get a bad report, if we can do that when we get a shut door trying to get a better job, if we can just stand still and say, you know what, Lord, I know you didn't bring me out of that to bring me here for nothing. As we said Wednesday night, we used to sing, he brought us out to bring us in to the promised land. He brought us out of depression to bring us in to healing someone else. He brought us out of addiction to bring us into something greater. He brought us out of the storms of yesterday to take us in to leading someone else into a greater victory. He brought us out of every bankrupt, every trauma, every situation, every attack, every time you thought it was going to take you out. Let me tell you, God did not let it take you out, but he didn't just bring you out so you could look pretty. He brought you out so you could bring a word to this region, this place where you work, this population that says, if God did it for me, I know God can do it for you. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. In those moments, if we can say, this looks uncrossable, their hearts were shaking with fear. The cloud is moving, the fire is moving, protecting them from Pharaoh. The Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He began to chase them because God said, I want to get all the glory in this. I want this to come down to a showdown. I want it to be a showdown. I know you're shaking in your boots because you got out from him and you know how angry there is. One translation says that Pharaoh intensed uh, in increased in his intensity and that God allowed him to increase in his intensity. Sometimes you see, whoa, yeah, sometimes the Holy Spirit will allow the devil to overplay his hand in your life. He will overplay. Billy Burke told me that years ago on occasion, he'll say, that's the devil. He always overplans his attack. He always overplays his card. Why? Because God has him on a leash and I am excited that God's going to pull back like I pull back on a dog and say, you've gone as far as you can go. I'm going to restrain you, pull you in and say, you're not crossing another line, but I'm going to let you overplay your hand. So at showdown at the OK Corral, at the high noon at the Red Sea, I can show that I specialize in things thought impossible. Oh, I wish I had somebody that would praise him this morning. Standing in front of that Red Sea, standing in front of that place, God kept the cloud going. God kept the fire going. God kept them separated from each other while Pharaoh breathed down. One of the most powerful things about this passage is, I want to read to you out of verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. Someone say strong wind. Pastor A.C. said, he says, a strong wind was moving to change the current for someone and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. Now look up verse 21. It's incredible and it's a miracle that the waters parted. But I don't want you to miss the miracle of the dry land. I don't want you to miss that if you study scientists and you get into all of that, which I did not bring their research with me. I'm going to tell you this morning, if you study it, this miracle was as great of a miracle as the waters coming up. What does that say to me? Da 
Daniel, it says that not only can God pull back the waters, not only can God stage a showdown at the high noon right there in the saloon. If you grew up watching Westerns like me because you only had three channels, you know what that looks like. You see, he can not only do that, but he can blow a wind in that when I walk through after what he has parted, he can make the land dry so I'm not going to sink down. I'm not going to stumble going through what God has parted that no man can do. I'm going to walk upright as Habakkuk 3 and 19 says, the Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, my invincible army. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer so I make progress. The Amplified says, I do not stand still in terror, but I make progress upon my spiritual high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. God not only, come on now, parts the water, but he makes the land dry. I'm not going to sink in the mire, the mire he took me up out of in Psalms 40. I cried unto the Lord. He picked me up out of the pit. I'm not going back to the pit. He picked me up out of the mire. He picked me up out of the mud, and he put my feet upon a rock, and many shall see, and they shall fear the name of the Lord our God, meaning many shall see the waters that he parts and the land he makes dry, and they shall see that God allowed the enemy to overplay, Josh, something in your life so you could walk out on dry land. I'm not sinking in quicksand like they did in Tarzan movies, Matthew. I'm walking on dry land. My God can not only part the waters, but he can make my feet sturdy and steady, and I can walk on top of that which was walking on top of me. Somebody give God a shout of praise. If just in this moment they had, we talked about Wednesday night that the enemy always comes with a counterfeit sound. Interestingly enough, I read years ago something interesting that a baby rattle that we give babies that they rattle has a counterfeit sound and it is the rattle of a rattlesnake. A baby loves to shake that rattle and the rattlesnake sounds the same to an ear that doesn't know the difference. The enemy always comes with a counterfeit sound of defeat discouragement, terror, whispering, hopelessness, whispering, defeat. But the verse that the Lord gave us the other night is just so powerful. Wednesday night crew, I got to share it with them this morning. If I can find it, it's in the book of Job 23 and 11. It says, does not the ear test words and the mouth taste food? I won't go as far as I did the other night because we got to move quickly. But whenever you drink something, I mean, I was invited to go to the presidential inaugural breakfast tomorrow morning with one of our spiritual daughters and uh, she's already going toward DC today I could not go but if I had gone and I was standing near someone incredible we came up with all kind of names I don't know whose name we're gonna come up with today but the most famous notable exquisite awesome person and I picked up a glass of milk or a piece of chicken that was uncooked and raw and I knew that Salamanella Manu was hiding in it. I never can get that word right, so just add in some unknown Spanish. And I would taste that. Or if I'd get a drink of milk, have you ever poured yourself some milk and didn't look down on it? And you chugged it all of a sudden to discover when it hit your mouth it had curdled, what are you going to do? You're going to spit it out. Now, I went to charm school. Don't judge anybody on that because 
Trust me, I'm a boat, I'm a goat roping, boot wearing, Paul cap, thunder and flip flop person. But anyway, mama sent me anyway to charm school. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter who I was standing near. If I tasted raw milk, I'm going to spit it out. I don't care who's standing there. If I taste a piece of chicken, I'm going to get something to my mouth to get it out. I'm not going to swallow it. Why? The taste is awful, but all my insides fight against me and say, if you swallow that milk, you're going to get sick. Come on, somebody. If you eat that beef that's raw, you're going to get E. coli and you're going to end up at the hospital. All of this is going to happen to you if you don't get this out of your mouth into a napkin, into a plate, into the dirt. Get it out. See, your body, your natural body fights hard for you not to digest something by taste that is rancid, that is sour. What Job is saying, the ears are to be the same way. The spiritual ears, your natural ears, when you hear a word of discouragement, it's rancid and sour and will destroy your spirit. The book of Job is saying you are to test the ears. You are to stop being so polite and let people tear up people that you love and they love and be speakers of dissension or whatever in your in your place where you work or you live or whatever or where you go buy things, wherever that is, or in your family. You are to use your ears and you are to say, you know what? If I just drank a big glass of spoiled milk, my body would not want to digest it. So therefore, I do not want want to digest this negative speaking this speaking that's tearing me down and telling me what I am not and you need to do the same thing at the greatest enemy which is your own thoughts and your adversary the Satan and the children of Israel should have said we ain't going to listen to that hopeless talking we are going to test the ears and what we're going to say here my God specializes in things are uncrossable I reject every word every speech that tears down the integrity of the most high God he's never failed me before he will not fail me now he's always been there he will get me through now somebody give God a shout of praise look at your neighbor and say go forward things that are uncrossable things that look uncrossable Moses lifts his rod. We'll get back to that in a moment when we get ready to end and that sea crosses. We've got to have that kind of go forward endurance. Dr. Criswell tells the story of two big bird dogs in his backyard. And uh, they one afternoon, a little bulldog came snorting, looking for those big bird dogs. The little bulldog snorted and he climbed up the fin- under the fence and the fight was on. There was yelps and barks and growls and bites and scratch. And the little bulldog went home severely whipped. The next day he laid out in the sun, allowing his wounds to heal. (laughs) Just get the picture. But the next afternoon at the same time, he came snorting down the alley, scratching and pawning the gravel, snorting in defiance. He crawled under that fence, charged those big bird dogs. And once again, the furious fight was on. And once again, the little bulldog got whipped. Day after day, he would lie in the sun, letting his little wounds heal from the fight. And then the next day, he'd come back down the alley, determined to fight, scratching and pawing the ground. But about the fifth day, the two big 
bird dogs, come on somebody, saw him coming down the alley and they ran down into the basement of their owner's home, whimpering to hide from the triumphant little bulldog who would simply not give up. His patience endured the problem until the problem was done. He wasn't the biggest, he wasn't the best, but he was the winner because he refused to quit. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap for endurance. Endurance will carry you through in that problem. Winston Churchill, the famous quote of his that we've often quoted here in time of World War II in London, never, never in nothing great or small, large or petty, never give up. He followed his admonition all the way through. And the pictures you often see of him are the pictures with the victory sign up. We're going to bring down the house lights, Everett. We're going to show you a five-minute clip. I want to set it up for you. And then I'm going to come back and preach a few minutes. And, and we'll be done. We're going to preach a few more minutes after this. And we'll be done. But I want to tell you that life sometimes, we're talking about crossing things uncrossable. Life is like a game of poker. Now, I didn't grow up playing poker. I grew up playing Rick, uh, Rook and Pitt and all those kind of things. Um, but you know, poker, Rick Warren has a message on poker and he says, poker is kind of like life. You have to play with the hand that you were dealt. You were dealt the hand of chemistry. You were dealt the hand of connections. You were dealt the hand of circumstances and your consciousness. That means you didn't choose where you were going to born. You didn't choose who you were going to be born to. You didn't choose the connections in your life. You didn't choose the circumstances. You didn't choose the consciousness, what people have said to you about who you are. But the fifth card makes or breaks the hand because the fifth card is the wild card. Everyone say the wild card. And the wild card can change the suit and the number of any other card. The wild card, the fifth card you got dealt is the card of choice. Israel had to choose to go forward. Israel had to choose to believe God and to cross what looked like uncrossable. I want to motivate you with a, a, a segment that's made its way all over the Facebook and uh, that was on live class with Oprah. I'm not advocating Oprah's for Christ. I've got a lot of people that know Oprah well that are believing she's going to come back to her roots and her Judaic Christian faith. And I'm believing that she will in the last day. But I will say Rick Warren, pastor of Saddleback is on here and he introduces a man you might have seen, a man who crosses the uncrossable. Say my wild card is my choice. I didn't choose other things, but I can choose to go forward. When this is done, Pastor AC, if you'll come up. Okay, we'll have the clip, please. says feeling like I'm less than others due to my parents never being in my life. Okay, so let me just say to all of you on Facebook right now, to everybody who has a complaint on the tip of your tongue, I want you just to shut your mouth and watch this tape because Pastor Rick had one request for tonight's show to include a man who he says is one of the best examples of winning the hand you're dealt. This is going to shut your mouth. It's going to shut your mouth. Just close it right now. <laughs> Take a look at this. Born in Australia without arms or legs, 30-year-old Nick Vujicic has become a symbol of triumph against all odds. His inspiring YouTube videos have been watched over 100 million times. It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. But the road to self-acceptance was excruciating for Nick. For years, he was harassed and tormented at school. When he was 10, Nick attempted suicide. 
After years of feeling worthless and alone, Nick's awakening came while reading an article about a disabled man who refused to let physical limitations hold him back. In that moment, Nick says he discovered the power to take control of his life, and he has. Today, Nick surfs, he snorkels, he golfs, and plays soccer. He's traveled to 44 countries with his message of hope. Even the worst part of your life can come together for the good. And less than a year ago, Nick married the love of his life and danced at their wedding. As you've heard, people complain about the spots on their face and people complain about not having a boyfriend and not being able to have the mates of their life. What happened to you that you were able to take all of you, take your chemistry, being born with no arms and no legs, take your connections, your relationships, your life circumstances, your state of consciousness, and then choose, make the conscious choice that you were going to take all of that which the rest of the world looks at, you know, undeniably as a pretty bad hand, and that you were going to turn it into something, you were going to be exalted by it. What, what happened to you that you were able to do that? Oprah, I know that you love to think out of the box and have things outside of the box in your yeah. show. And I know that you love illustration, so if I may illustrate in about 180 seconds, can I do something a little crazy, but it'll sure. be powerful? Is Go that right. cool? You got a camera behind me, right? Yeah. I'm gonna show you. Come, come, come. But this step right here, is there enough light here? The chemistry. I was born without arms and legs. The chemistry I could not change in my life. I know that God didn't give me this pain. But what the enemy tried to use so bad, he turned into good. Man, the connections. I want to tell a Porsche. Uh, look, I'm a guy. I love cars, okay? And I love Porsches more than Ferraris, okay? And, and I want everyone to know that that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. And until you can actually understand that we are all wonderfully and faithfully made from God, um, I want you to know that, that you will always be trapped and chained and you will be stopped. But when you have the incredible power of faith in action, nothing holds you back. And you're beautiful just the way that you are. No worries. For me, I felt the connection. Yeah. For me, in my life, I'm thinking, man, I'm not going to get married. I can't, you know, can't even hold my wife's hand. What connection am I going to have? But you know what? All things come together for the good for those who love Him. Man, this is a little bit high. I'm going to break my arm, man. This is pretty crazy. All right. I'm going to break my arm. Circumstances. Being born without arms and legs, man, it's all about choice. When you ask me what it was, I had parents who were my heroes. They always said, you, you can either be angry for what you don't have or be thankful for what you do have. Do your best and God will do the rest. Then consciousness. Because I gave my life to Lord Jesus Christ and the renewing of my mind, wow, I knew that I could be unstoppable.
he goes on to say that his wife is pregnant and they're going to have a baby, uh, a baby boy. Can you give God a hand for the right attitude of seeing something that is uncrossable? Let me tell you about some other people that saw things that were uncrossable. Dr. Seuss's first book was rejected by 27 publishers. His books went on to sell 6 million. Someone say 6 million copies. Vince Lombardi didn't become a head coach in the NFL until he was 46. During the first year of business, the Coca-Cola company, anybody ever heard about them? Average sale of nine drinks per day. Henry's Ford's first car company went bankrupt and his second car company failed. Michelangelo endured four years lying on his back on a scaffold to paint the Sistine Chapel. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. In 1905, the University of Bern rejected a PhD dissertation, saying it was irrelevant and fanciful. Albert Einstein was disappointed, but not defeated. He persevered. You look at your neighbor and say, go forward, go forward. For eight years, this man wrote a myriad of routine reports for the Navy. He later wrote an array of stories and articles that never got published, but several years he wrote a book that has touched the world Alex Haley made Roots a history saga, whatever you call it in that time. Cyrus Curtis lost over 800000 on the Saturday Evening Post before it realized a dollar profit. Frank Woolworth, anybody ever shop at Woolworths? I did growing up. Borrowed $300 to open his first store and then saw three of his first five chains fail. David Hartman went blind at eight. His dream was become a medical doctor, was thwarted by Temple University, but he courageously faced the challenge of reading medical books. At the age of 27, he became the first blind student to complete medical school and become a doctor. Look at your neighbor and say, go forward. Look at your neighbor and say, go forward. A high school basketball coach was attempting to motivate his players to persevere through a difficult season. He jumped up. He said, did Michael Jordan ever quit? No. Did the Wright brothers ever quit? No. Did Michael Phelps ever quit? No. And then he asked a final question. Did Elmer McAllister ever quit? Everyone was real quiet. Finally, one teammate said, who is he? We never heard of him. He said, exactly, because he quit. God wants to get your name in there. Harriet Beecher Stowe, never give up. For that is just the place and the time that the tide will turn to you. Never give up. Harriet, who got that vision, who wrote that incredible book that made such a difference. Life is not one mountaintop experience. Listen, after another, you'll encounter plateaus, deep valleys. As children of God, we pray for the mountaintops. We tolerate the plateaus and we don't want the Red Seas, but they come. Press on, because the quickest way out of a problem is straight through it. In a problem we learn, do we trust God or not? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, when things look uncrossable, do you trust God or not? Cripple a woman and you have Joni Erickson Tata. Lock a man in prison, you have Joseph or Daniel or the Apostle Paul. Bury a man in the snows of Valley Forge and you have George Washington. Deafen a genius composer and you have Ludwig van Beethoven. Have a person born black in a society filled with racial discrimination. And you have Booker T. Washington, George Washington Coover, and Martin Luther King. 
have someone's parents survive a Nazi concentration camp. Then that little boy gets paralyzed when he's four. If anybody could have said, I can't cross this. I can't cross this. I can't do this. I wasn't given the right circumstances. I don't have the right education. I don't have the money. I can't even walk. My parents barely survived Nazi. But take this man, even though he's a slow learner, let him endure. Let him believe that God can do the impossible. And you have Yitzhak Perlman, the incomparable concert violinist. Call a man a slow learner. Write him off as, as mentally deranged. And you know what? You end up having Albert Einstein. Let me tell you something. God says he is the God who specializes in things thought impossible. He can do for you what no other can do. Give him a hand before I finish this morning. Come on, give him a hand. I got to share this Wednesday night crew. I've got good news that will transform your life, your health, your marriage, your failing business, your career, or any health crisis you may face. Our God, is a, our life-changing declaration is He's a miracle-working God. Listen, He is an awesome God, and absolutely nothing is impossible with Him. In the genesis of time, He breathed into a handful of dirt, and man became a living soul. That's a mighty miracle scientific minds can't grasp or explain thousands of years after the fact. He separated the day from the night and flung the stars against the blue velvet of the night. He set the sun ablaze, his version of the eternal flame. He holds the seven seas in the palm of his hand. He is the shepherd of the stars, for he calls them by name. He measures space with the span of his hands and the blast of his nostrils can split the cedars of Lebanon and make the Red Sea part. He is the God of might and miracles. He is the God of grace and glory. He is the God of power and patience. And he is the God that is waiting to help you and I. He breathed life into a 90-year-old dead womb of Sarah and gave her reproductive power so she could produce Isaac. Her husband Abraham was 100 years old and Abraham went hold and told Sarah, I've had a visit from the Lord and we're going to have a son. Sarah laughed. I think she laughed to keep from crying. Can I get an amen? When you're 90 years of age, having a bald headed baby with a megaphone mouth and bionic lungs is not number one on your to-do list. When you spell diaper backwards, what do you get? Repaid. Think about it. Nevertheless, when God says it's going to happen, when God says, lift your rod over the Red Sea, what is your rod? It's your faith, brothers and sisters. It's your faith that our God, specializes in things thought impossible. That night in Abraham's tent, passion and vitality exploded in two sterile bodies. And nine months later, Isaac, the son of laughter, was born. The God we serve, I'm going to preach myself into next week, parted the Red Sea for Moses and the children of Israel walked across the sea bed on dry ground. He raised and brought manna from the heaven for 40 years. He caused sufficient water to gush from the water in the wilderness. What's your problem? What's your uncrossable to refresh the children of Israel? He held the sun still for Joshua. We just talked about this hope that he held it still. A prayer no one had ever prayed for before then. But Joshua said, God, I'm reaching what I can reach. I'm doing everything I could. Cristo Baremo, I need you to reach out into space and time. I need you to reach 
and hold back that which I cannot reach. If you believe he can do that for you this morning, give him a shout of praise in this house. He muzzled the mouth of the lions for Daniel. He walked in the fiery furnace with the three Hebrew children who would not bend, bow, or burn to the idols. His son, Jesus of Nazareth, was born in the womb of a virgin, defying medical science and the agnostics. It was a miracle for the ages. That son became the healing Jesus, the miracle-working son of the living God. He healed the lame, the deaf, and the blind. He healed blood diseases and leprosy. He healed paralyzed with nerve disorders. He healed one-on-one and he healed the masses. He healed long distance when he healed the centurion's son because there is no distance in prayer. And that same Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did on the shores of Galilee and Israel, he can do for you and I right in this moment. He can do it. He wants to do it. He is a right now. God his name is Jehovah give him a praise in this house I got to tell you this and then we're going to end but I don't understand that I don't understand how that happens listen up well you know what I don't understand how a black cow eats green grass and gives white milk and produces yellow butter but it happens every day can you explain electricity few know exactly how electricity works yet we do not hesitate to use it though we cannot Would you rather sit in darkness until you can understand the mystery of electricity? Do you understand how food is converted into energy when you eat it? Do you understand how the last greasy cheeseburger you ate chased down with a chocolate shake and two portions of french fries is converted into fuel to drive your body? No one understands it completely, but it doesn't stop you from eating cheeseburgers. Can you say amen? Look at that miracle of a newborn baby. Nine months earlier, that baby didn't exist. Now the baby has perfectly shaped ears, nose, mouth, hands, and feet, and knows exactly how to cry to get your attention. Minutes after that baby's birth it gropes to go toward the mama's breast science did not give babies a learning manual to teach them how to wear and how to find lunch the baby understands because the creator who separated light from dark put inside the child the way to grope out and scientists have proven that in that milk every day the formula changes to meet the needs of that baby oh don't you tell me mr agnostic don't you tell me mr atheist that our god does not exist he is the God who specializes in things thought impossible. The point of this, if we are willing to only experience what our minds can fully understand, we'll leave shallow lives and empty. We will never understand the supernatural. We will never understand how lifting a rod over the Red Sea something so little but God said you do the little thing brothers and sisters the Lord says to you this morning you do the simple thing you do the little thing just lift up your faith just lift up your praise just lift up your words that says God has never failed me he will not fail me now lift up what little you have and borrow from the courage of the Most High God and His Son, Jesus. 
lift that up. You don't have to understand why. One little ounce of positive word, one prayer, one faith. What help me, Jesus? Lift it up over what looks uncrossable. How one little press of perseverance like the bulldog. One press of not giving up like Winston Churchill. One press of saying, I don't care what I've been dealt with in my life. I got a choice. My hand's not good, but my choice is that God can turn this for my good. So my choice is this is the faith and the victory that overcomes the world. We have to have faith in God because nothing is impossible to those who believe in Him. Faith starts out before you know how it's going to turn out. So this morning, standing all over this place, faith steps out. Standing all over this place, faith steps out before we know how it's going to turn out. Now this morning, in this congregation, musicians, come and help, would you please? Um, this morning before we pray there are people in this room that, that you're standing an, an uncrossable problem a dilemma that you can't even understand there's others that you've hit some no's and you need a yes and you're about to give up on your dream but God is breathing into you by having me rehearse these great men and women in the earth who did not give up who pushed through failure God is reminding you, He specializes in things thought impossible. All over this room, I want you just to lift your hand and begin to just praise Him, whether out loud or in your heart. I want you to begin to praise Him, that He's the God who does the impossible. I want you to begin to praise Him and see Him as the God who does the impossible. Having mountains you can't tunnel through. You got any rivers you think are uncrossable? My God specializes in things thought impossible. He can do for you what no other can do. He can do right now. Right in this place, I want you just to begin to praise Him. I want you to lift your rod over the Red Sea by thanking Him. Thanking Him for the future that's coming in your life. Thanking Him for parting Red Seas, for knocking down walls, for making possible. Come on, come on, every hand lifted in this house. Please, brothers and sisters, every hand lifted. Every hand lifted, brothers and sisters. Every hand lifted, every hand lifted. Come on, respond in faith. Let that be your rod. Let that be your rod. I praise you, Father. I thank you, Lord God. You are the God who specializes in things thought impossible. I thank you, God. I don't understand completely how you do what you do, but I praise you, God, because I don't understand electricity, but it doesn't stop me from turning on the light. I praise you that you are the God who can make the dry ground be dry when water has existed upon it for centuries. I thank you that you can walk me through whatever I'm facing today. And I'm not gonna sink in the mud and the mire. I'm not gonna sink down in the quicksand, but I'm gonna walk through on dry ground. I'm gonna walk through in faith. I'm gonna walk through. I'm gonna walk through. I want everybody just to come forward for just a minute. Everyone come forward and stand in these altars. Come on right now. Come on and stand up here, brothers and sisters, just for a few minutes, just for a few minutes. I want us to just to come, come on, come. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are the God who specializes. We bless your name. Come on, lift those same hands and begin to pray Him. Begin to praise Him. Let that be your rod of faith. Come on, let that be your rod of faith. Let that be your rod of faith. Shame. 